0: have a seat. Um, so something really interesting happened this morning. I shaved. That's not what's interesting. The, uh, the high schoolers keep telling me that I look like a high schooler now and with all that dust my voice is kind of uh, wavery and it keeps like catching and yodeling on me. So I, I not only look like a teenager, I sound like a teenager. So, th- this should be pretty fun today. We'll, we'll see how it goes. Um, this weekend was D-Now, and it was awesome. Our theme for this this uh, year's D-Now, it was inspired by a really cool story that somebody had told me over pancakes once at IHOP, and this, this story really impacted me, and I, I so did the the pancakes. Uh, but mostly the story, and it... It kind of came to my mind as I was thinking about, well, what, what should we do for D-NOW? What, what should we learn? Where Where's the youth group at? And as I was praying and stuff and talking to Craig, our uh, our guest speaker, I realized, you know what? This this story is one that we have to do for D-NOW. So we're gonna look at that story and we're going to talk about this year's theme, which is Stand Your Ground. Stand Your Ground. We, we got a crazy cool shirt this year. I outsourced this so an actual artist made it instead of myself. So we've got cool t-shirts this year. Uh, you you should grab one of the youth kids and look at them, twist them around backwards, read it. It's cool. But we're going to look at this story. This story is in 2nd Samuel. 2nd Samuel. And we're going to be in 2nd Samuel chapter 23. Second Samuel chapter 23. you are a youth student and you're exhausted and you're having trouble finding it, the most help I can give you is it's after 1 Samuel. I'm not tired, but my battery is running low. We we are not allowed to be tired. I I outlawed that word to my leaders this weekend. So we are not tired, we are exuberated. We are exuberated, we are excited and energetic as we look at 2 Samuel chapter 23. We're gonna look at verse nine. Verse 9, this is this is a story about uh, this, this battle that's going on, right? There's these bad guys. They're called the Philistines. You may have heard of Goliath. He was one of them. David killed him. Well, you've also got more Philistines other than Goliath, and they are trying to kill Israel, and as they are trying to wipe out Israel, Israel is trying to not be wiped out. Typically a good idea if you're under attack and fight back a little bit. So, They are trying to not be wiped out, and the king at the time is King David, and King David has some studs, some amazing warriors, and they are called his mighty men. It's like uh, Robin Hood and his merry little men. These are like uh, King David and his mighty men. Robin Hood can have the tights. These guys had swords. This is cool. So we're going to look at this down in verse 9. Hopefully all of you have gotten there. After him... Eleazar, son of Dodo, son of Ahonite, was among the three warriors with David. Okay, so there's these guys with David, okay? And they defied the Philistines, they stood against them. The men of Israel retreated. So all of a sudden, all these men are standing there. They run off. They see the Philistines, the Philistines look big and scary. Everybody runs. So the men of Israel retreated in the place they had gathered for battle. But Eleazar stood his ground. And he attacked the Philistines until his hand was tired and it stuck to his sword. The Lord brought about a great victory that day. Then the troops came back to him, but only to plunder the dead. This, this story is intense because what we've got is we've got the, this, this whole idea of this, this battle this guy standing up by himself fighting. And then, then in verse 11, after him was Shammah, son of Aji, the Hagarite. And the Philistines had assembled in formation. There was, uh, there was this field full of lentils. And the troop fled from the Philistines. Okay, and then there's one guy. But Shammah took his stand in the middle of the field, he defended it, and he struck down the Philistines. So you got a guy standing in this, the middle of this field. It's not his field. There's just a field there. And it's somebody's crops that are ready for harvest. And he sees this, and he sees the Philistines coming in, and he goes and pops himself right in the middle. He says, no, you're not getting this. This is the Lord's ground. It's a small little field. But it was God's, and he fought for it. That's what we talked about this weekend is we talked about this, this idea of how one person standing their ground can cause a huge impact. There was a huge victory right here. Whenever one person stood his ground, no matter what everybody else did, no matter how scary the situation, no matter what was against him, he stood his ground. And us in our lives... We get faced with things, not just us youth, not not just us college kids, not just us uh, parents or uh, grandparents, all of us. We run into things throughout our life where we have to choose, make a choice that no matter what is defying us, no matter what is defying our God, we can stand strong against that and we can have great victory. What this looks like, a little different than what sometimes we picture it. A lot of times, whenever I picture somebody standing their ground, I, I think of like some martyr being burned at the stake, or I, I think of, uh, of uh, a figure like Billy Graham or Mother Teresa who's just impacting all these people, and it's like, wow, they're like superhumans. But you know what? It, it's not just them. Standing our ground might look a little different might be prayer. A lot of you guys were praying for uh, D-NOW. I I constantly tried to update my Facebook page so that you guys could kind of see some of the things that were going on. But I know there were a lot of people praying for D-NOW. Might be praying for somebody in your workplace. Might be praying for a next door neighbor. Might be going up to somebody in Walmart. They look like they're having a bad day and saying, hey, can I pray for you real quick? No, this might seem strange, but can I pray for you? we don't know how big of an impact that will make. This guy, this guy, he didn't know the, the farmer. He didn't go and say, hey, um, there, there's these Philistines coming to get you, see ya, and walk off, just warn the guy. No, he, he took time and he made an impact there. Sometimes we have to take time to make an impact. Sometimes we have to, we have to approach uh, people and get out of our comfort zones a little bit. Another way is volunteering, volunteering. This D-Now Weekend, we had a lot of volunteers, and we needed a lot of volunteers. Uh, for the Iwanas. we have a lot of volunteers. We need a lot of volunteers for Iwanas. For the nursery, we have a lot of volunteers, but we still need a lot of volunteers. In other places, there's uh, a, a few of these, these guys that uh, go to a, a homeless potluck on Sundays. They, they need help there. there. There are so many ways where we can stand out. Sure, it might be more comfortable to run with the army, but sometimes we've got to be called to stand our ground. Be like, you know what? I'm gonna fight for this person because this person can't. Might be just telling somebody about Christ. Uh, I I was reading some statistics. I don't know how well you can trust statistics sometimes, but uh, I I got several different numbers and it, it was mind blowing. The majority of the people we know and interact with in the workplace, even if they go to church, may not know Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, the majority. According to all the statistics, I got different numbers, so I'm not quoting numbers, but that, that's a lot of people that we could be standing firm, standing our ground for, someone we can be interceding for, praying for, uh, fighting for, uh, that's what some of that looks like, um, I'm going to give you a personal example about my life. You guys aren't going to believe this. I used to be the shy, quiet kid. Yeah. I would stand around like this, hands in my pockets, shoulders up like this, looking at my feet. If somebody approached, I would walk this way. And that's, that was me. Teachers called on me in class. I would literally turn red-faced and start crying. It scared me to death to talk to people. People scared me, like no other. Uh, Craig was saying that, uh, what is it, the majority of people are more afraid of standing in front of people than dying. Yeah, that was me. Just kill me now. Don't ask me how my day is. Um, And and then whenever I tried to talk, I was so nervous, I couldn't get any words out. People would say, how are you, Uh uh-huh. Oh wait, wrong answer. No, I'm even more embarrassed. Ah! And I would run, but you know what? Over over time, God started putting this this concept in my mind that that maybe I had something to give to people—my my, my voice, my my thoughts, my heart—because God was putting into me, and so maybe I could put into other people. But this seemed way out of reach. I was at a at a youth camp. Shy, quiet kid. I was sitting on a a little picnic table all by myself watching people play putt-putt because I am not playing putt-putt with people, that means you have to interact with people, scared me to death. I'm sitting on a picnic table, this guy, his name was TK, he came up to me and he was one of the camp leaders, he sat down, hey what's your name, okay, no what's your name, Asher, well, that's an awesome name. I think I've read about that name in the Bible somewhere. Uh-huh. So are you having fun? You, you, you learning a lot at camp? And constantly, he was just trying to start a conversation. And I just sat there, red-faced sweat coming down my arms. It's <laughs> go, just go away. Scared the dog out of me. He talked, talked at me, not really to me. There was no conversation going on. Uh, But he talked at me for about 15 minutes or so. Seemed like ages, but it was probably like 15 minutes. And he talked to me and he kept trying to to communicate with me. And then at the end, he said something. And this, this statement changed my entire life, the whole direction that I was going. He said, Asher, it was really nice getting to meet you. And I'm sure God's got a big plan for your life. And he shook my hand. right there, changed everything. Somebody stood their ground for me. Somebody stepped up in my field and said, this is worth fighting for. I needed that. I went home and I started trying to think of, okay, so maybe I can talk to people. I tried to make a friend. (laughs) Will you be my friend? (laughs) You're weird. So, but I started trying to make some friends and, and then before long I, I started getting more and more involved in, in this youth group and uh, Jeff was my youth pastor, now I'm his, uh, just he was my boss both times. And, and so he was my youth pastor and he ended up eventually putting me in charge of a small group. And by small group I mean really small, it was me and nobody else showed up. But I got to practice talking. I went. I started going to church. I learned how to make lessons and stuff, and it was cool. And so it just started growing. Until now, I'm able to talk to these youth. I'm able to fight for their fields. I'm able to fight for the fields in Miami where I went for a D now last weekend. I'm able to do that because somebody was willing to fight for my field and just shake my hand and say, God's got a big plan for you. That's what we need. We need to be able to stand We might not be heroes, but you know what? God has a way of growing us into the positions he puts us in. Um, When we make a stand, it might not always be asked for. People might not come up and say, will you make a stand for me? I definitely was not going to go to TK. Hey, will you tell me God has a plan for me? No, not happening. Sometimes we have to take that effort and find people that we can make a stand for. We have to look for areas we can serve. We have to ask Somebody, how can I help? What can I be a part of? How can I, how can I be part of this army of God? How, how, how can I do this and and step in? Maybe you're not even asked for. It. You see a need and you just fill it. That's that's how that's how we can make a stand. And it's not always comfortable. This guy it says his hand got stuck to his sword. Like pry bar, get his fingers off. I'm sure that was a little uncomfortable. I'm sure he was a little tired. My my. Uh, Small group leaders, I know they are not tired, but sometimes the battery runs a little bit low, but we gotta keep fighting, just like these college students did for for our kids. That's awesome. And through standing in somebody's field, you can give them, you, you can open up this opportunity to give them life. And by life, I'm not just talking pulse, I'm talking life in life more abundant like Jesus talked about we can give that to people let's look at this verse it's in first Peter first Peter and whenever you get there we're going to look at this one then we're looking at another one in first Peter so you can kind of keep your finger on that just giving you a little heads up. First Peter we're going to be in first Peter chapter 5 First Peter chapter 5 and in first Peter chapter five we're going to look at verse 8 through 9 eight through nine. Now, what, what we see is we see this, this cool idea of one person being able to make an impact, okay? Well, we also see something even cooler in, cooler, more cool, cooler, awesome. We see something awesome. In chapter five, down in verse eight through nine, it says, be serious. That's one I have trouble with sometimes. Be serious, be alert. Your adversary, that means your enemy, the Philistines, right? Our problems in life. Our problems in life, the Satan, devil, he's prowling around like a roaring lion. He's looking for anyone that he can devour. We have to resist him and be firm, stand our ground. We have to be firm in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings, the same things, And this is where it gets awesome. The same sufferings are being experienced by our fellow believers all throughout the world. That's cool. Sometimes we might feel like we're standing alone, but you know what? We're not. The body of Christ, we are all standing together, fighting for this amazing cause, this cause called eternal life, this cause called Jesus and his glorification. We are fighting for that together it's a team effort uh there, there's a story don't turn there but in uh, first chronicles chapter 11 it books another account of some people standing for some fields some more uh it's another account of some mighty men this time you have a great victory you've got a man standing alone and the king comes and joins him that's cool that's cool As we stand together, we become a body. We become a group that can't be stopped because the Holy Spirit in us is strengthening us, empowering us. He is giving us everything we need to do everything that he calls us to do. He's equipping us. Through standing together, we can see lives being impacted. Uh, One awesome example, D-NOW students. Whenever I showed up four and a half years ago, we all would have fit on one row. Now we are one-third of the church. That's nothing on me, that's that's on you guys for helping fight for fields, for standing firm, for standing your ground. These students are able to sit under Christ and learn from Christ, get in the word and, and learn what he has for them because you guys have made a place for them, That's awesome. That's a great start. It's a great start. But more than just lives being changed, I I got an opportunity to go into a Bible study this last week at the junior high that some of the students are putting on by themselves, not asked to, nobody's paying them. They just chose to do it. That's cool. So you're seeing some lives changed. You're seeing some better choices being made. But more than just lives being changed, we are changing eternities. We're changing eternities. Let, let, let's look at this next uh, next verse. We're going to look at First uh, Peter five, then ten. So the very next verse here. Now the God of all grace, who called you to His eternal glory in Christ Jesus, will personally. Restore, establish, strengthen, and support you after you suffered a little. The domination belongs to him forever. We had some domination this weekend. What I want to do is uh, if you were, and I have a list, if you were one of the people who volunteered your house for this weekend, please stand. And while you're standing, I'm going to call a couple more groups to stand. So if you volunteered your house, please stand. Okay? If you are one of the group leaders, small group leaders, please stand and join them. If you helped lead games, drive kids for games, uh, get supplies for games, if that is you, please stand. Awesome. If you helped in the kitchen, not just cooking here, but we also had some people cooking at the school. We had some people um, bring in food from their homes. If that was you, please stand. Okay, if you were part of the cleaning crew, you were here cleaning up after us because we needed help, go ahead and stand. If you helped set up any of the chairs or tables, please stand. These people, sometimes they they may have felt like they were standing alone, like, oh, this is a huge job. There's junior high boys all over my house. But, you know, no offense, junior high boys. But you know what? You weren't standing alone. Look at this. This is cool. But not only were you just standing with these people, but the king came and stood with you. And I just want to honor them with a big round of applause. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Whenever we seek him and we stand him, we may not always see the outcome. I, I want to give you guys a chance to see the outcome. If you are a student or a leader, and yesterday during Craig's altar call, we did an open altar call for these things that are mentioned in First uh, Peter 5 verse 10. We'll talk about that real quick in a second, but we did an open altar call for things from needing strength, for salvation, for uh, getting your life back where it needed, just completely open altar call. If you are a student or a leader who stood up for that altar call and went to one of these back classrooms last night, please stand up. because you guys fought for their fields. That is the victory that God can have just through driving somebody to a goofy scavenger hunt which by the way, all the items that were collected, in case you were wondering, we're going to be donating them to the Amarillo College BSM. They're doing a garage sale and all the proceeds go to missions so they can go places and more people get saved because of a game we played. That is God. That is God. That is, that is standing firm. That's, that's fighting in a field because we played a game for Jesus. People might get saved and have a completely different eternity. That's cool. That is awesome. That's beyond cool. That's be awesome. I got that off of a cool cartoon. It's called Bolt. You guys should all watch it. All right, so let let's look real quick. Jeff's shaking his head over there. I am sleep deprived but not tired. Let's look real quick at 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 these these four different areas he mentions in First Peter five, verse ten. Now God, uh, now the God of all grace who called us to his eternal glory in Christ uh, Jesus, he will personally, this is personal relationship, right? Whenever we're with him. Okay, so we're fighting in this field. So we're standing firm. Well, this is what he will personally do whenever we do that. He will establish, he will strengthen, he will support you after you have suffered a little bit, and he'll restore you. These are some crazy cool things. We're going to look at each one of these four real quick. And then... Uh, We've got a video for you in a second. But restores. We have been been taken captive by sin. Garden of Eden, right? People running around naked. Now it's awkward if they do it. The reason, sin. Okay? Just throwing that out there. We were severed from God. Our relationship was ripped whenever sin came into our life. Each one of us is messed up at least once. Some of us more than that. Some of them a lot more than that. But he restores us. Through Jesus coming and dying on the cross, his blood covers over our mistakes. And so we are restored. We are restored. Well, after we're restored, he establishes. He establishes. I think of an established tree. I had a tree in my yard, it was not well established. The drought we had last year that was terrible, that tree started laying over, like literally laying over. It was not established. It did not have firm roots, but Jesus, God, he personally establishes us. Where you are, he's established you there. He's put you there, wherever it is you're working, wherever it is you're serving or volunteering at, he has put you there. He has put you in that field so you could stand strong, so you could stand firm in that field, so you could fight for somebody in that place. That class, students, that you hate, You think of ways to skip, yeah. God has you there for a reason. It's to impact somebody. It's to impact some. It's to fight for somebody's field. TK could have been asking, "Oh Lord, why did I sit at this picnic table? I should have sat at that one." That kid talks. But no, God, God had him there for a reason. To shake my hand and say, "God had a plan." So He is. He restores. He establishes, he strengthens. This is the preparation for fighting. This is the preparation for fighting. A lot of times we think, gosh, I can't go on any further. Or, you know what, I I just don't know what I'm doing. Well, let me tell you, if you're trying to solve it all on your own without Christ, you're not going to make it. We have to rely on the Lord. And if you have not gotten the first step of restoration of that salvation, it's really hard. As a matter of fact, impossible to have him do this step. If you're constantly looking for this strength because you've never accepted him as your personal Lord and Savior. Do it. And you'll find yourself with the ability to fight, to do more for the, uh, the eternal souls of others. There goes my paper. Battery is running low. Last one is support. He supports us. A lot of times we get in problems and where we don't see the end, we don't know how it's going to work. One of the things we ran into this weekend is how's this going to work? You gonna be able to fit? Well, you know what? Through prayer, through wisdom, through talking, through unity, we were able to get youth and you guys to all fit in one building and it's a lovely thing. Sometimes problems come up at work. Our boss is a nerd, we can't stand him co-worker is constantly clicking their pen, something like that, you know what? You're established in him. He strengthens you. He's restored you. He's put you in that field. We can impact them, but we can pray. We can pray. We can talk to God. We can ask him for wisdom with our tough decisions, and he supports us. He will give us what we need when we need it to do what he has called us to do. We're going to move to a altar call now. Um, Jeff is going to be standing middle, Paxton over here on this side, and I'll be over here. If for any reason you need to come forwards for prayer, uh, join the church, baptism, maybe just uh, maybe you just need to come up to the, these steps here and, and get on your knees before God and just ask Him to give you those four things to restore you. to to give you the strength, to establish you, to to show you why you're established there. I'd encourage you to do that. We'll we'll be up front if you need us. God, I just wanna thank you so much for being here in this place. I wanna thank you for having a plan for us and for having a purpose for us. And I ask that you would just guide us into that plan and that purpose, that we would be able to be strengthened, that we would be able to stand Strong, stand firm to stand our ground for you and fight for somebody's field.